This is us engaging the Holy Spirit, going, Holy Spirit, what do you have for me today? How do you want to change me? How do you want to encourage me? How do you want to convince me of some things? So, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name that you would come, Holy Spirit, you'd be our guide into truth, that you would teach us, that you would draw us near to you, that, Lord, as a result of the preaching of your word, as as a result of us being participants with you, we ask that we would leave this place forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to continue our topic on Real Talks. Now, on social media, we sent out a question who thinks they know what the next real talk is? And we had a little bit of stuff, but any, any takers? Who thinks, well, what's the next topic? What do you think today's topic is about? I'm just curious. Cars? Oh, all the guys are like, amen. Money. That would be, that's a great topic. Great topic. What a healthy family looks like. Any other takers? money (laughs) well over the course of the last few weeks we've been talking about sexuality within our real talks in our first sermon uh, it was called sexual brokenness and we talked about just the way the enemy comes and he takes sexuality which was created by God and he perverts it and twists it and he causes us to be in bondage he causes us to be kind of in chains to this brokenness And we talked about how God wants to release men and women from this brokenness. The the next one was sexual health. We talked about what does healthy sexuality look like in the context of one man and one woman coming together for a lifetime. And if you've missed any of these, I just encourage you to go to evangelpc.com forward slash media. Or you can search for our podcast on the iTunes store. You can search for uh, Evangel Pentecostal Church. You can find us there and just get up to date. But we're following that up by doing something called recovery groups. And so like Lisa said, tonight, men, I am so excited. I am so excited to create a safe place. A safe place in Powell River where men can be real about their stuff and walk towards sexual freedom and sexual health. Because the enemy is out to get us. We all know this. And so, man, if you're here and, and you need to be there, um, I've had a number of men who, are, who, have, who have walked through this journey come and say, hey, Lucas, this is on my heart. I would love to walk with men to, towards what is hope and life. And so there's men like that coming as well. And so if you're here and you've overcome and, and God has taken you on a journey and you want to come and mentor, come alongside other men, you're welcome to come as well. But that's going to be tonight at 6.30. Today I want to address an elephant in the room that has a way of poisoning community in such a way that no one feels safe. It's an issue that has split churches. It has broken leaders. It has devastated families. And for the most part, we are all guilty of participating. It's something that is highly addictive. It makes us feel good when we participate in it and has a way of of making us feel better about ourselves for the short term. However, the expense, the cost of this is devastating. I'm talking about gossip. 
If you're taking notes, we take notes in this church. This is going to be the most, uh, this isn't going to be the most profound thing you've ever heard. Rather, it's a simple truth, but write it down. Here's the main thing statement for today. It takes two to gossip and only one to stop it. It takes two to gossip and only one to stop it. So let's start by defining gossip. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word translated gossip is defined as this. One who reveals secrets. One who goes about as a tale bearer or a scandal monger. The New Testament Greek word is defined as a whisperer, a secret slanderer. The Quest Bible um, study Bible says, says this about gossip. The intent of the gossiper is to build themselves up by making others look bad and by exalting themselves as some kind of repository of knowledge. In other words, they love the feeling of being on the inside track. When they're with other people, they can't help but to just go and be on the inside track of being in the know. This is the word on the street. I have an in with this person. I have an in with that person. I'm going to tell you about it. They love the feeling of being on the inside track, and it's a momentary high, and we're going to talk about this. It's a momentary high to share a secret with another. We live in a world where entire industries have been built upon the act of gossip. When I walk up to the checkout stand of the grocery store, what do you see? What do you see besides the gum and the mints? You see sex and scandal, right? You see sex and you see scandal. Tire industries have been built around gossip. We are obsessed with gossip in this culture at an unprecedented rate because technology has made it more accessible than ever before. Many people are addicts when it comes to gossip. And here's the problem. Oftentimes, the culture around us begins to infiltrate and shape the culture of the Lord's church. It begins to seep in and it begins to cause us to live not like kingdom people, but like people of the culture around us. And then put people in a small community where everyone knows everyone in, in some way, shape, or form, and any sense of safety goes out the window. This can be problematic for a church that is what? Is aspiring to be a safe place, right? This can be problematic for a church that's aspiring to be a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, encounter his love, and look more and more like him every day. This is the enemy of safety. This is the enemy of unity. This is the enemy of being a family that is safe and for one another. We have to guard our hearts and our community of faith. Um, I remember a painful time in Lisa and I's lives. Uh, we, we, uh, we had finished with ministry, or so we thought, and we moved to a town in northern Alberta. And I think the population was about 1,500 people. And so we moved to this town. And you know what's funny? We were there for 
I was just over 10 months. Did you know that we didn't find a church? This town had a ton of churches. 1,500 people had a ton of churches. We couldn't find a church. And here's why. Here's why. Because it didn't take long. Didn't take long for people to find out that we were both once pastors and we're no longer in the ministry. And it didn't take long for that to begin to perpetuate the rumor mill. And in ten and a half months, we could not find a safe place to worship. It didn't take long before the rumor was that I was an alcoholic. Even though I hadn't drank in years. It didn't take long for the rumors that, that I was abusing my family and Lisa wanted to leave me. These are the rumors within this town, the slander that began to shape. And you know what it did? It caused us to fear community. And the whole time we were there, we did not find a church that we could worship with. In fact, every weekend we drove all the way into Edmonton just to get away from this small town. If we're not on guard friends, what we begin to say can cause others to find a place of fear and a place of just bottling up and closing people out. Gossip devastates the kingdom. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And as I mentioned before, our vision, our picture of a preferred future at Evangel is this, to be a safe place. To be a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, encounter His love, and look more and more like Him each day. And the only way we can be a safe place is to address this elephant in the room. Proverbs 11, 12 to 13 says, Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. The Proverbs, that was Proverbs chapter 11, 12 to 13, if you're taking notes, the Proverbs have a way of confronting us. They bring us to a place where this, this faith of ours becomes very practical. Sometimes it becomes painfully practical because it reveals our hearts in our actions, in how we live life, in what we do, the choices we make. Now, you might say, well, Lucas, it looks like the opposite of gossip in this scripture is to cover things up. That's what it says, right? Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Okay, so are we talking about, are we talking about a, being a community of faith where there's very obvious wrong things going on and we just, because we are people of peace, we just cover it up? Is that what this is saying? It's not saying this. The word he uses in the Hebrew language here, the word that he uses is, 
is likened to covering up nakedness. If you came across someone who is naked and you took a, a, a coat or a blanket and you covered up their shame, really, this covering is about coming alongside and creating an environment of honor. We come alongside those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that are being vulnerable, and we honor them by covering up their shame, by not blabbing it off to everybody around and so we cover just like jesus covers our shame with his blood and his sacrifice we are called to do the same and we cover and we create an environment where we honor and we cover up shame and we lead people one-on-one we lead them to the cross of jesus christ where there's forgiveness where there's healing where there's restoration The writer is saying a trustworthy person is a safe place for people to be open and vulnerable. A trustworthy person maintains a uh, a person's honor and dignity while walking them to the cross for restoration. Here's the difference. A gossip is about shaming others. A trustworthy person is about honoring others. And there's a reason we get caught up in the gossip game. It's what happens when our brains, with our brains, when we gossip. It becomes an addiction. There is dopamine, which is a hormone that's released in your brain. And dopamine is released in your brain, and studies show many addictions. We talked about sexual addiction. Guess what? Guess what sexual addiction? It's a chemical addiction to dopamine. Cocaine addicts are addicted to cocaine, but their brains release dopamine, washes over their prefrontal cortex. The prefrontal cortex is where you make your decisions. It's your your conscious thought. It's the part of your brain where you have conscious thought. And your brain begins to reward you when you gossip. And studies show, studies show that there's a wash of dopamine when we begin to get caught up in gossip. Studies show that our brain's reward system rewards us with dopamine when we take part in some good, juicy gossip that puts others in a negative light. We experience a natural high when we do it. So why is this so important to understand? It's because it doesn't take long for us to be conditioned to use gossip to help us self-medicate our own insecurities and brokenness. It doesn't take long for us to begin to use gossip on a regular basis to put others into a light of shame so we can feel better about ourselves, both chemically and in comparison. And so what gossipers love to do is they love to take a snapshot of someone's worst moment, compare it to their current moment, and feel good about themselves when they share that with other people. And it becomes an addiction. It becomes something that becomes a habitual part of the way that we live our lives. When we reveal the secrets of others, putting them in negative light, it makes us feel good and our brains are rewarded. When we slander others, we also get a sense of superiority. Now many of us are sitting here and saying, well, this doesn't sound like me. I don't gossip. 
And it's funny because when we were talking about this subject in the office, we, we kind of we kind of stumbled upon this. We, we said, you know what? I don't know if this is because we're talking real talks. We're talking about addressing the elephants in the room, which means it needs to be something that affects most people. Right. That was kind of our our filter for this whole thing. And so as we were talking, we're going, you know, I don't think the majority of communities of faith are gossips. I don't think so. And so we're kind of talking ourselves out of this one, out of doing this topic. But then the thought occurred to me, it takes two to gossip. It takes two to gossip. There's the gossiper, and then there's the recipient. And I don't know about you, but I've been the recipient of gossip. In fact, I've been the recipient of gossip where I haven't stood up and said something about it. And the moment we become a recipient of gossip is the moment we are taking part in gossiping and find ourselves culpable to gossip. I want to just quickly talk about another way that we use gossip. And this is, this is a really common, this is probably the most common way that we see gossip in the church. Okay? And here's how it goes. Here's how gossip goes. John and I are hanging out, and he says something to me that I don't like. It offends me. But, because I'm a good Christian and I'm a good Canadian, I'm not going to bring it up. Instead, here's what I do. Here's what I do. He offends me. And here's what I do. Hey, Gary, how's it going, man? You wouldn't, hey, listen, you wouldn't believe what John said to me. He, t- he, he told me, he told me this isn't a real beard. Can you, can you imagine the nerve of that guy? Saying this isn't a real beard? Like, I can't believe the guy. Anyway. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? You know, I mean, we serve on the board together, right? You know that John character? Like, I know, I know, like, I don't have a beard like yours. But he told me, he's like, he told me this isn't a real beard. Here's... Here's what we do. Someone offends us. Someone hurts us. And instead of going to them directly and being real with them, we go off and we build our case with others. We pick up the phone and go, you wouldn't believe what so-and-so did to me. I am so upset. Listen, if you ever call me, at the office to tell me about how someone else, I'm going to tell you, I'm hanging up. You need to talk to them. This is how we use gossip in the church. This is how we deal with conflict oftentimes in the church. And what it does is it creates bitterness in our hearts. It does not resolve the issue, and it does not repair the relationship. And this is how we use gossip. And we begin to slander others, 
instead of going to them and going, my beard's thicker than yours though right now. Instead of going and saying, listen, John, that, that hurt me. I know it's a little wispy, but give me a break. That, that offended me. That hurt me. Right? And this devastates congregations all over the place. Jesus said, if you have an issue, if a brother hurts you, what do you do? You go to them. You go to them, and you let them know. If a sister hurts you, what do you do? You go to them, you let them know. If you cannot repair that relationship one-on-one, what does this say? Bring one or two others to mediate, to be peacekeepers, to help you walk through conflict with perspective, removing some of the emotion. Right? Proverbs 16, 28 tells us, troublemakers start fights. Gossips break up friendships. And here's the gossiper's strategy for conflict. They get hurt. They create an army of people that are on their side. And within a community of faith like this, everybody has to end up choosing a side. And it creates division within the body of Christ. So what do we do? Well, remember our main thing statement. What's the main thing? It takes how many to gossip? It takes two to gossip. How many to stop it? One. It takes two to gossip and only one to stop it. And while we were talking about this series of the elephants in the room, we need to understand that the majority are not gossipers. But when it comes to the act of gossip, the majority of us, at times, are recipients. We take it. And we're just, I don't know what we're telling ourselves. Maybe we're saying it's just better if I don't get involved. Maybe it's better if I just remain very Canadian about this. But we take it. We allow people to slander others within our earshot. We allow people to break down and open up the shame of other people in front of others, and we just take it, and we just let it happen. And I believe God is calling a community of faith that will say, no, we will not tolerate slander and gossip within our community. Because if we're going to be a safe place, for people to live out this faith, to walk, look more and more like Jesus every day. You know what that means? People are going to have to be vulnerable about their stuff. And if people are going to be vulnerable about their stuff, we need, we have to be a safe community of believers in Jesus Christ who doesn't reveal our shame to bring us down, but rather covers us with honor and with love. So how do we stop gossip? It takes one to stop it. If we can take and destroy the recipient side of gossip, we can kill gossip in the church. And we can begin to show a community a better way of creating safe places. 
When the majority is no longer a safe place for gossipers, we begin to be a safe place for everyone. So the next time the phone rings and someone wants to unpack how bad so-and-so was or how you're offended that you weren't this or you weren't that or they did this or they did that, you just politely say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be a recipient today. You need to talk to that individual. You need to work that out one-on-one with them. Have you talked to them? Have you told them how you feel? And we can crush gossip. We can create safe places for everyone to explore faith in Jesus, encounter his love, and look more and more like him every day. It only takes one to stop it. And my question to you is, will you be that one? Will you be that one? And I believe with the grace of God, we can be a community of believers that create a safe place in Powell River. And part of the reason we really felt strongly about doing this is we're about to enter into a season of extreme vulnerability. There are ladies who have already met together within this building to talk about their sexual abuse and how broken sexual people abuse them and hurt them. We are about to have men come into this place Sunday night and begin to deal with their issues of sexual brokenness and addiction around the areas of sex and pornography. If we aren't a safe place, I can't think of another place in the entire of a society where this can happen, where this can happen, where men and women can find freedom. We're about to have women dealing with sexual addiction and pornography addiction, going to be meeting together. We're about to have wives who have spouses who are broken, and it's their brokenness has affected them meeting together. Listen, those will be safe places. Those will be safe places. Will you be the one to stop it? Will you be the one to say, I will not, I'm not going to listen to this? Will you be the one when you hear it happening in earshot that you call it out for what it is? You call it out for what it is. Now, you, you may say, Lucas, you know, in the scheme of things, gossip's not a big deal. Well, Paul in Romans, Paul in Romans has a list of things that were happening that Christ was extremely upset about, that were affecting the church, that were keeping people from from faith in Jesus, that were keeping people out of heaven. Right up there with murder, sexual debauchery, right up there with with, uh, theft, right up there with all of these, what we would consider just horrible, horrible things. Guess what's in that list? Gossip and slander. Gossip and slander right up in that list. Listen, it's a big deal. But I believe, I believe by the grace of God, we can be a safe place. Amen? Amen? And we're going to see people come to freedom in Jesus Christ. We're going to see people be vulnerable, 
but we're going to cover their shame with honor, and we're going to walk with them to the cross of Christ, and we're going to see freedom, we're going to see liberty, we're going to see healing at an unprecedented rate in, in Powell River. Amen? Let's pray together as the worship team comes. Lord, we thank you for challenging us. We thank you, Lord, that sometimes your word, it encourages us. Sometimes your word, it, it lifts up our heads. It, it causes us to have maybe a fresh perspective. But, Lord, sometimes your word, it just kicks us in the teeth. But, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that you care for us enough that you're not willing to let us stay the same way. We thank you that you love us enough that you want to lead us to a better way. And Lord, as a community of believers in Powell River, we declare that we want to walk in your principles for life and community. And that means gossip no longer has a place in our community of faith. It no longer has a place in our lives. I come against, in Jesus' name, those who have found an addiction Lord, would you break that addiction? Lord, would you bring them healing? Would you bring them wholeness and restoration? Would you bring them new outlets, new healthy outlets for their own pain and their own insecurity? Lord, I pray for every recipient in this place that you give them the courage to stand up and say no. That you would give us the grace and the strength, even in our own weakness, to create a safe place. For everyone to explore faith in Jesus, to encounter his love, and to look more and more like him every day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone who's in agreement said, amen, amen. Let's stand and worship in a closing song.